This is LEC Online Church in Perry, Ohio. We exist to love God and love people. For more information about our church or ministry activities, please visit LakeErieChurch.com. Now here's today's message. For those of you who missed last week or the last couple weeks, we're in the process of this over the next several weeks. Uh, doing a series over the book of Exodus, and uh, we're not doing a chronological series. As you can see here, last week we talked about Exodus chapter 2, and then we jumped all the way forward to Exodus chapter 19, but what Pastor and I are trying to do over the next six weeks or so is we're trying to, uh, to flesh out some things from the book of Exodus that we can all take to heart, because if, whether you know it or not, the book of Exodus actually sets the stage for all of the rest of the Old Testament, but there's also several passages in the New Testament that relate back to the book of Exodus. So Exodus is an integral part of the Bible. So I'm very thankful that Pastor has allowed me to have this opportunity to be able to do this series with him. You heard me from me last week. Next week, he's going to be picking up the series again, and then we're going to be going into the first two weeks of April as well. Last week, I talked about how we're called out of suffering. And this week, if you, actually, if you remember last week, we talked about during our times of suffering, God hears our cries, God sees you where you are, God remembers his promises to you, and he, and he will respond to you in your, your time of suffering. And everybody who came forward last week had just been on my heart to continue to be praying for those who are currently going through moments of suffering in their lives, and we're going to continue to be doing that. But one of the things I love about the Lord is he doesn't just call us out of something, he always calls us out of something and into something. So the Lord calls us out of suffering, and you see in Exodus, the Lord calls the Israelites out of suffering, and tonight, today, we're going to talk about how he calls us to obey. God calls us to obey. He always calls us out of something into something. He calls us out of sin into forgiveness. He calls us out of suffering into healing. He calls us out of stress into peace. He calls us out of bondage into freedom. And he calls us out of hatred into love. I think that it's important for us to understand that we need to be constantly obeying God. Let's say that again. I think it's important for us to understand that we should be constantly obeying God. How many of you struggle at times to obey God? I'm raising my hands, yes. We all tend to struggle with obedience at times. And I'll tell you what, it's something that's ingrained in us and our humanity and things. And I'll tell you, growing up, we, we had an opportunity yesterday, my youngest brother, or my second youngest brother is having a baby. We had a, we had a baby shower here at the church for him. And what I love about getting together with my brothers, we're able to reflect back on the, the, life, the life that we had and growing up and stuff. And one of the things that I always give my mom credit for is that she had the wonderful ability to raise four boys. One, two, three, four boys. My mom, though, I always wonder why she did this, but my mom, in her job, she would work first shift during the summertime. You know what that means? When my mom was at work, we were all free to do whatever it is. My oldest brother was babysitting us. No. So when my mom was at work from 7 to whatever it was, it, she, we were constantly doing you know, what brothers do. And we were constantly daring each other to do the things that, that, that brothers dare each other to do. I dare you to drink that whole gallon of water. You shouldn't do that because you'll throw up. 
or I dare you to jump off this, or I dare you to do all that. Well, one of the things is at my house is my mom had this really awkward bed frame. It was a metal bed frame. The bed frame itself was a little bit too big for the bed it actually sat in. So the bed frame actually stuck way out, and their room wasn't the biggest room, so it wasn't really much maneuverability around my parents' parents' bedroom. And so my brothers and I would always talk about, hey, we need to do stuff and try to avoid. So we would jump from the floor onto the mattress, and we would try to avoid the bed frame. One time, my brother jumped from the mattress, or jumped from the floor onto the mattress. He missed the mattress, fell down, and scraped his entire leg. I was like, wow, that's terrible. My mom would always tell us, hey, don't do that. Something bad is going to happen. You're going to hurt yourselves. She would set the rules in place, but us being the boys that we were, and listen, is the only time in my life I was ever disobedient to my mother. At least in that week. At least in that moment. My mom would always tell us, don't, someone's going to get seriously hurt. And you'd think that we would learn the lesson from my brother cutting his leg. I mean, it was a serious gouge in his leg. Probably should have had stitches and all that kind of stuff. But we never learned our lesson from the rules. We never truly obeyed what my mom had to say. Well, one day, I'll tell you what, Jason, one day I was going to prove my brother wrong. We used to watch WWF Big Time Wrestling. Yes, some of you probably still watch that. WrestleMania is coming up in a couple weeks, no big deal. We used to always watch it. We used to think, man, if we could just do the rock bottom or the Stone Cold Stunner and all that kind of stuff. One move that somebody absolutely did that I absolutely loved. One of the guys, I don't remember his name, would get on the top rope. If you've never watched wrestling, uh, just don't. It's like the, uh, the, the it's, it's not. But one of the guys would get on the top ring. Okay, the ring is four corners. He would get on the top ring, and his finishing move is he would do a front flip over somebody and land on their, like he would land on his back on them. They called it the swanton bomb. I would demonstrate it for you, but I don't want to hurt you, Sister Diana. Yeah. So I was like, okay, my brother, he cut his leg. I'm going to prove to him that I'm better than he is. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get on top of my mom's dresser. I'm going to have him lay on the mattress, and I'm going to try to do the swanton bomb onto the mattress. Disclaimer, never do that. So I'm up on the mattress, and I'm, I'm up on the, on the dresser. He's on the mattress. He's like, I dare you to do this. I dare you to do this. And I'm getting all hyped up, and I'm like, man, this is, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And all of a sudden, I went to do it. But what I didn't realize is that the dresser was not exactly steady. So instead of me jumping off of a solid platform, listen, if I would have jumped off the solid platform, it would have been the best swanton bomb you've ever seen in your life. Ever. I mean, I'm telling you, I would have done better than the guy did, but the dresser was wobbly. So it didn't turn out that way. So as I was getting ready to jump and do the backflip, listen, me trying to do a backflip is funny in and of itself. As I was trying to jump and do the backflip, the dresser wobbled. I tripped, I slipped, and I hit my head off the frame of the bed. Yeah. 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 I won. I showed him. But I was bleeding everywhere. I'll tell you what, bro. I've never seen so much blood. All my shirt was, I was, every, I was blood everywhere. I don't have to give you two graphic details. I actually have a picture. No, I'm just showing. I'm just kidding. I don't have a picture. But I had to go get stitches. The first time I had to get stitches in my life, and it was just a brutal experience, all because I refused to obey my mom. And I'd love to say that that's the only time in my life that I didn't disobey my mom, but 
I probably did the same thing again a week later. You know, we all struggle with obedience. We all struggle with the idea of knowing that there's a set of rules that we fail to obey. And even though we're supposed to do and we're supposed to obey, we always struggle to do it. And that's true when we're talking about relationships with our parents, but it's also true when we talk about our relationship with the Lord. Even though we know we're supposed to obey God, we struggle with obeying him at times. We know that we're to obey him. We know that we're to obey the commands that he has for us as laid out in scripture and even as revealed to us through the Holy Spirit here and now. We know that we're supposed to obey him, yet we find ways to avoid the rules and act out in rebellion. We feel like, oh, God, you got the rules, but I know more than you do. I'm going to try to do my own thing. What happens when we disobey God's rules? You tell me. You go ahead and speak. What happens, Sister Stella, if we obey, disobey God's rules? I don't know what that means, but yes, that's what's going to happen. We're going to get a whooping. It's not good to disobey God. It doesn't make sense to disobey God, and we're reminded time and time again that the results of obeying God is blessing in our, light, our life, yet we see example after example of people all throughout the Bible that even though they were promised blessing, they still chose to disobey God. I mean, Adam and Eve, for, for the, the first story you see in, in Genesis, they, were, they had literally the power to do everything. They just had to obey one rule, and that's to stay away from the tree, and they refused to do that. They ate of the fruit, and here we are. King Solomon, he married foreign women. Jonah, what, you know, he ended up in the belly of a whale because he couldn't obey God's command. The Israelites, as we're talking about here, Moses. And in the New Testament, he had the Pharisees, the Sadducees. They were all a bunch of hypocrites. Peter at times. So they all know that they had to obey God, and the result of obedience is a blessing, but they chose still to disobey God. There, there are instances in their life in which they chose to disobey God. In the passage that Katie just read, we, God was expressing to the Israelites the importance of their obedience to him. The importance of their obedience to him. The reason why God had to give the Israelites this instruction is because prior to this, they had disobeyed him. Even though they had been delivered from Egypt, think about what happens. We started last week right before the deliverance in Exodus chapter 2 and 3. We fast forward all the way to Exodus chapter 19. A lot happened in the span of that time. The Israelites were delivered out of Egypt. The Lord split the Red Sea. All these things happened, and they didn't listen to Moses. And, and honestly, listen, the journey that it would have been, and we've talked about that, this pastor and I have talked about this, the journey that it would have been for the, Egyptian, or the Israelites to leave Egypt and go to Canaan, the promised land, should have only taken them 11 days. 11 days. And that's if you take the long way around, which we learn in Scripture that that's the way that they go. 11 days. But yet it took them 40 years to get to the promised land. 11 days took them 40 years. Why did it take them so long to get to the promised land? Because they had to learn how to obey God. They had to learn how to trust God. In God, And we may be looking in hindsight and saying, well, why did it take them 40 years? I mean, good Lord, but guess what? Some of you have been serving the Lord for over 40 years, and you still, trust, you, you still fail to trust in God. Some of you have been, uh, been following after the Lord for 50-plus years, but you still tr- struggle at times to obey what God tells you to do. Just like the Israelites, there are times in which God is calling you to do things. There are times in which God shows up and shows out and shows miraculous things in your life, and yet you go to another situation and you go to another circumstance and you're like, well, God, I don't even know if you could do this. God, I don't know if I could trust you with this. It's easy to look back on, uh, with hindsight and say, well, I don't know how they did that, but we do the same thing time and time again. 
It's about time that we stop wandering in the wilderness of our disobedience and start obeying God. To say that again, it's about time that we stop wandering in the wilderness of our disobedience. Whether you're a Christian, they've only been a Christian for a little bit, or you've been a Christian your entire life. It's about time we stop wandering in the wilderness of disobedience and start obeying God. Because, I'm going to talk about it here in a moment, the direct result of our obedience to God is blessing in our lives. If you want God to bless, I'm getting ahead of myself, if you want God to bless you, you better obey God. You want God to bless your finances? How many of you want God to bless your finances? Every hand in this room should go up. Do you know what you need to do? You need to obey God and give your tithes. Sorry if that hurts you a little bit. If you want God to bless your family, you need to be praying for your family every single opportunity that you get. You want God to bless your job, you need to give God your job. What I mean by that is you need to say, Lord, you have priority in my life. If you want God to bless you, you need to be obedient. And in this story that Katie just read, and this is actually ready right before that God is ready to reveal the Ten Commandments to Moses. This is right before, and in the story that she just read, God is expressing the importance of the Israelites obeying him. And we're going to look at four instances and four lessons that we can learn from the passages that she just read. The first lesson is this. Obedience, and if you have your papers, you can follow along. Obedience sets us apart as God's children. Obedience to God sets us apart as God's children. As we saw in the passage that Katie just read, I love saying that Katie just read because it was a lot for her to be able to get up here and read scripture. Right, dear? In the passage that Katie just read, Katie's going to be preaching one of these days. She just doesn't know it yet. In the passage that Katie just read, it was the obedience to God that set the Israelites apart from all other peoples of the earth. As God's children, we did not be listening to what culture or the enemy or anyone else is telling us to do. As God's children, we need to be known by our obedience to God. Even in the face of adversity, even when nobody else is doing it, we need to be continuing to do it. And I'll tell you what. I feel as though there are people and there are churches that have failed in that recently. God help us. There are churches and there are people and there are belief systems that have altered based on what society is saying, based on what culture is saying. There are things that are going and God is saying, no, you need to continue to be obedient to my word. My word that says I created male and female. We're not going to get into that. You need to be faithful to my word. Don't be listening to what culture says. The other people groups that they're talking to and they're, they're talking about in this passage and referring to are the Egyptians and other people groups around themselves that prided themselves with their commitment to their God. So much so that the Egyptian pharaohs would literally wear the, the clothes that they wore would be symbolic of the gods that they worshipped. The reason why they were symbolic of the gods that they worshipped because the Egyptian pharaohs wanted people to see them as gods. They wanted to see them as gods. So what happened was is the Egyptians would then try to mimic what the pharaohs were doing because it was alliance and allegiance with the pharaoh. But God's people need to be different than that. Yeah, you may not be wearing clothes, but you need to wear the word of the Lord in your heart. That's as cliche thing as you possibly can get, but it's true. 
The words of the Lord need to be written in your heart. And you need to, when people see you, they need to say, yep, that's God's child. Yep, that's God's child. Yep, that's, that's, that's my, that's God's, that's a Christian right there. When people see you, they need to see that you're being obedient to God. Stop being disobedient. Stop being disobedient to God. It's only through the obedience to God that we're able to be classified as his children. Oh, but I want to be a child of God. So do I. Start obeying God. Obey God. Obey his commands. Obey the words that he says in your life. We're called out. We're called to obedience. The second point is this, and I'm trying to get through this quickly. The second point is this. Obedience requires action and sacrifice. In fact, there are passages in the scripture that obedience is even greater than sacrifice. We see that obedience is more than just being classified as God's children. For the Israelites, obedience required action. Moses tells them that if you obey God in the covenant, they had to keep the covenant that they had with God. Even though at this point here in Exodus 19, the fullest extent of the covenant had not yet been revealed, because it's not going to be revealed until Exodus 20, God is saying, hey, what sets you apart is that you, uh, you, you, there's action, there's sacrifice. You need to obey the rules that God has set in place. If you want to have blessing in your life, you need to be obeying the rules that God has set in place. And listen, they're not confining rules. I mean, come on. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. Well, with the Lord, there are, there are, there are circumstances and things that you have, to, you have to keep the covenant. With me, you could do anything you want to do. That's what the Lord wants you to believe. Or that's what the enemy wants you to be. I'm sorry, the enemy. The Lord wants you to believe that, hey, just keep my covenant. Just keep the promises, the rules that I have in place for you. This will be obedience to those things. In doing so, we need to make sure that God, we need to expect that God is going to work on our behalf. I think that we uh, fail sometimes in our obedience to God is because it, we, we don't want to have sacrifice. I'll tell you what. I'm just going to tell you a brief story if that's okay. It required sacrifice for Katie and I to move up to Lake Erie Church when we first started moving here, when we first started here. It required a tremendous amount of sacrifice. A little bit about the story, if you've never heard, we were working as youth pastors down in Canton, and we were doing pretty well. Katie had a really good job at a hospital down there, and uh, Lacey had just been born, getting ready to celebrate her one-year birthday, and we were thinking, man, how cool would it be to be led back up here to be closer to family, uh, be closer to our home church. It would be such an awesome opportunity. We felt the Lord was drawing us up to this area. However, we had no idea what that was going to look like. No idea. And I heard from somebody that the Lake Erie Church of God had recently gone through the transition of a youth pastor had stepped down, and there, there was a vacancy. So I called up Pastor Phil, who was the pastor at the time, and I was like, hey, listen, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know if there's a position that if you're announcing it or if you're trying, but if there's a possibility that this position can be filled, I'd like to be considered for the, op, for the job. When I made that phone call, I put the phone down, and I told Kate, I was like, do you realize the conversation that I just had, I mean, the, 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 the petition that I just made? She was working a great job. We had stability in our income. We had, we had just bought a house down in Canton. I mean, we were comfortable. The Lord was moving in the youth group. Things were going awesome, and I had no idea what this situation up here was going to be. 
Pastor Phil called me back a couple weeks later after that, and he said, hey, I'd like to, for you to come up and, and interview, for, interview for the job. And I think Katie came up, and I'm not sure if you came up the first time, but she had to call off work, come up, and, 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 and Pastor Phil told me at the end of it, he's like, listen, I can't guarantee that you're going to be able to make the same amount of money that you're making when you're down in Canton. And I was like, okay. I mean, I wasn't making a ton of money down in Canton, but it was enough, you know. But he's like, you know, you're only going to be able to make this. It's going to be technically part-time and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and I was nervous. I, I, I tend to be pretty straight, level-headed all the time. I'm kidding. I was nervous, honestly. Katie and I had several conversations after that moment where we're like, okay, how can we make this work? We have a one-year-old. We have a house that we have to sell. Katie's going to be leaving. She had no idea what job she was going to step into, but we felt as though that maybe this was an opportunity that the Lord was calling us to step into. We had to sacrifice. We had to sacrifice. So Pastor Phil, he had me come up to the church. He came and visited the service, and Katie and I went home. We were praying and praying and praying. We felt like the Lord was calling us to Lake Erie Church. Even though we had no idea the sacrifice that we were going to make, the, 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 the door that was going to, we had no idea the work that was going to have to ensue. And I'll tell you what, the sacrifice that we made, the Lord showed up in the most amazing ways that you can even think of. The moment I called Pastor Phil and said, yeah, I accept the job, not even maybe a week later, Katie got hired at the Chardon Surgery Center, which is 40 minutes down the road, the best opportunity that she could possibly have. We put our house on the market. The house sold before it even made it to the realtor's website. We stepped into that opportunity. We sacrificed. Look where we are now. I'm not saying look at me. Look at where we are now. I remember Joey and I had a conversation. Joey was trying to figure out, if you don't know Joey, hey, Joey, raise your hand. I'd ask you to talk, but you guys would all hear him. He doesn't need a microphone. <laughs> Joey, Joey is one of my best friends and grew up with him. And Joey was praying about a church that the Lord was leading him to. And he'll tell you the, he'll tell you the story today. And he's like, Lord, if, if, if it's meant for us to go to Lake Erie Church, have Pastor Dustin get the job as the youth pastor. Not even a couple days later, I called Joey up and said, hey, Joey, guess who's the new youth pastor at Lake Erie Church? He's like, bro, you got to be kidding me, bro. That's my, that's my impression of you, Joey. But obedience requires sacrifice. And listen, the things that the Lord may be asking you to sacrifice, you may not see the direct result of the sacrifice that you have to make right away. But I can guarantee you that if you're obeying the Lord and the things that you have to sacrifice will be worth it when you see the fruition of what God has in store for you. When you see the fruition of the plan that God has in place, it literally blows my mind to think that we were making... I, Looking back to the stress that I had seven years ago, I'm like, it doesn't even make a difference. I mean, look at where we are now. The Lord has tremendously blessed us as a result, and hopefully we've been a blessing to all of you. If not, you could throw stuff later. <laughs> but we have to sacrifice in order to be obedient to God. There are things in our lives that we have to sacrifice, things in our lives that we have to let go of. Things in our lives that are holding us back, like we talked about a couple of moments ago. Things that are holding us back from being obedient to God. And you need to realize that obedience requires sacrifice. If you want to be obedient, you have to take action and, and sacrifice some things. The next point is this. Obedience always leads to blessing. This is one of my favorite sayings ever. Obedience always leads to blessing. In this passage, we are told that if the Israelites obeyed God, they would be his special treasure. 
If you look at the Hebrew of that particular word and phrase, this phrase is best interpreted that God would bring his people close to him as though in an embrace. How powerful of an image is that? How powerful of an image is that? I don't know about you, but I want to be embraced by our Heavenly Father. I don't know about you, but I want to be pulled in close so that I can be able to experience the the blessings that God has for me. I want to live a life of blessing, but I'll tell you, it's a lot easier for God to pull you in close if you're being obedient to him. I'll tell you, in my own life, with my own kids, yes, you guys see Lacey and Nora running around like they're happy-go-lucky. I'll tell you, they're not perfect. They're not perfect, James. They're not perfect. I know you, you told me the other day that Lacey's perfect. She's not. They're not perfect. And there are times where I don't want to pull them in with an embrace. I'm telling you. There are times when I don't want to bless them. Bless them, Lord. Yeah, I could tell you several instances that have just happened in the last 12 hours. Pray, saints. Pray. There are times when you don't want to be, but I'll tell you what, it's so easy for me to pull Lacey in closer, to pull Nora in close when they've done what I've asked them to do, when they've been obedient to the things that I've asked them to do. See, what happens when they're disobedient, they don't come to me, they go to Katie. It's, if, it, if they disobey me, it's hard to bring them in close. That's sort of the way it is with our, with our Heavenly Father. The Bible talks about, and there's a slide up here that says that the, the direct result of obedience to God always ends in blessing. Disobedience ends in cursing. If you're obedient to God, blessings will result. He'll pull you in close and, and, and embrace you. If you're disobedient to God, you're bringing cursing in your life. That doesn't mean that God is pushing you away. What that means is, God, there's things that are happening in your life, and he's wanting you to draw in close to him. Does that make sense? Obedience always leads to blessing. Disobedience leads to curse. You may be wondering why you haven't been able to experience the blessing of God in your own life. Maybe because there's a part, an area in your life where you're living in disobedience. The Israelites had to experience firsthand, not only in Exodus, but all throughout the Old Testament, this concept. Every time Israel was obedient, they experienced times of jubilation and blessing and joy, and and they loved that. But then there were times when they were disobedient. They had to experience times of cursing, captivity, and suffering. It's simple. If you want to be blessed by God, you need to obey God. Here's the problem. There are too many people who come to church and are wanting God to bless them, but they're not wanting to live in obedience. There are too too many people in churches and and Christians who come to the altar and you're asking God to obey you, to to bless you, and you're asking God to pour out blessings on your life where there's not room to receive it, yet you're leaving this altar continuing to walk in disobedience. Blessing always, or obedience always leads to blessing, disobedience leads to curse. Stop asking the Lord to bless something that you're being disobedient in. Because he won't. Stop asking the Lord to bless and God pour out blessings. But I, I want to continue to be disobedient. It's not going to work. 
And I'll tell you what, don't blame pastor. Don't blame me. Don't even blame God. Because the standard has been set. If you want to experience blessing, you'll be obedient. As I said, if you want to be, experience blessing in your finances, you need to be obedient in your faithful and your tithes to the church. Not because, listen, we tell people all the time, it's not because we want or need your money. It's because we want you to join in the blessing that God is pouring out all over this church, all over this community, and all over this county, all over. You need to be obedient in what God is doing and what God is calling you to do. Stop trying to have God try to bless your disobedience because he won't. The fourth and final point, Pastor Jerome, you can come forward and start playing if you would, please. Obedience shows that we trust God. Obedience shows that we trust God. There are various instances throughout the Exodus story that show the Israelites struggled with placing their trust in God. You have to remember that this is Exodus, the second book of the Bible. There are still things about God that have not been revealed to them yet. Yes, we have all of Genesis, and you see God's tremendous blessing, but there is still so much the Israelites did not understand and did not know because God had not fully revealed himself to the people yet. There's still things that they didn't know. However, along the way, there were instances in which God proved himself, but yet they still struggled to trust him. We see in Exodus chapter 15 through 17 where God provides for them in the wilderness. And I love, I was telling Katie, Jason almost preached my sermon here where God was providing for the Israelites by providing water from a rock and nourishment, guidance and direction in their life. I mean, for the love of God, he split the Red Sea for them to be able to walk through and then washed away all the Egyptians afterward. You think that looking at those situations that it'd be easy for them to trust God, yet in the wilderness, they still said to Moses, Moses, why did you bring us all out here to die? We could, have let, we could have at least had been in Egyptian captivity where we could have ate, we could have had water and all that kind of stuff. Why did you bring us out here to die? They failed to trust in the Lord. They failed to trust in the Lord. And we look at their situation, we're like, how could they struggle? But yet we still struggle to trust in the Lord. With God wanting to, them to obey him, God wanted the Israelites to place their complete trust in him. As obedience to God is a sign to other people that we trust God. Obedience to God, when we obey God, it's a sign to everybody else that's around us that we trust God. When we obey God through tough times, and and I know that tough times are going to come. When you're obeying God, I'll tell you what, it's more often than not, you're going to have to go through the waters. You're going to have to go through tough times. But you need to trust in the fact that God is there with you. God is going through the waters with you. You need to trust in the fact that when God was faithful before, the same God who was faithful to bring you through your Red Sea experience is the same God who's going to provide for you in the wilderness. Is also the same God who's going to provide for you in that doctor diagnosis. The same God who's going to provide for you when you're praying for your unsaved loved ones. It's the same God who's going to provide for you in your finances. You need to trust in the fact that in the moments that God has been faithful, you need to trust that he's going to continue to be faithful if you continue to be obedient. Problem is, we want God to be faithful, and we want, but God, we want to continue to be disobedient. God's like, look at what I've done for you, Jason. Look back on your past. All of us have a past. All of us have things that we've gone through. All of us have things, and I'm looking back at my own life, that if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here. 
It's important for us to look back on those things and say, if God did it before, God will do it again. The same God who was present with the Israelites, bringing them through the Red Sea, is present with you here this morning. He just wants you to trust him. If you struggle with trust, you're not the only one. I just went through and listed several opportunities of scripture that were, you can look at the Bible, there are many opportunities, these heroes of the faith that we look at and they struggled. Abraham didn't trust God's promise of blessing. Moses, the story, we're talking about Exodus, we're talking about the Israelites, but Moses himself, he doubted that God would even use him to be able to deliver the Israelites out of captivity. You have Gideon who lacked the trust that God would help him overcome the Midianites. You have Elijah, who literally put his, misplaced his trust so much to the fact that he went under a tree and hoped that God would just take his life there because he believed the lies of the world around him. He forgot to place his trust in God. You have David, who wrote a whole book in the Bible, Psalms, about the moments in his life where he lacked trust at times in God. You have Jonah, who was literally in the belly of a whale because he didn't trust God to deliver the message to Nineveh. And Jeremiah, who didn't trust God because he called him as a prophet when he was young. And Jeremiah saying, I'm too young, but the Lord's saying, I've called you for a time and a purpose such as this before. I formed you in your mother's womb. I formed you and I created you for this time. Trust me. Oh, you're not good with the Old Testament examples? Let me tell you some New Testament examples. Mary and Martha came to Jesus and said, how... How could you possibly let my brother Lazarus die? I thought you loved him. They lacked trust in the fact that Jesus had an on-time word and an on-time moment. The early Christians all throughout the book of Acts, there are several instances in which God would show up and show out in their lives, but yet they failed to trust in God for the next thing. Paul, you see Paul. Majority of the Old New Testament is written by Paul. There are times where Paul struggled with the thorn in his flesh, wondering why God had sent him a messenger from Satan. But yet God used him to plant and, and to, 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 to literally be the catalyst for the Christian movement. You see Peter, who doubted Jesus three times, who denied Jesus three times, didn't trust him. And you th see all characters throughout, all the Gospels. So you have both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Oh, you want to go even more in the history? There's people all throughout church history. There's people all throughout, leading up to this moment, there's people in, even in your personal history that have failed to trust in God. Maybe you're failing to trust in God right now. Maybe the Lord is calling you into something, that he wants you to be obedient to step out in faith, and he's calling you into something that you're just a little bit nervous because you don't trust that God is going to be with you. I can guarantee you this. If you're obedient with God, you can trust that he'll be with you. If you're obedient to God, you can trust that he will be with you, even when things go difficult, even when things are not easy. Obedience is not always easy. Following the Lord is not always easy. But he promises us that he'll be with us through those times. So we're called to obey God. The question I have for you this morning is you need to think about, are you obeying God in your life? Are you being obedient to God? And listen, I tell people all the time, 
Pastor, we have to preach these sermons to ourselves before we could preach them to you guys. I, I've been introspective looking in my own life in the areas in which I've been disobedient. I'll tell you what, the Lord has checked me. I'm just praying that the Lord will check you this morning as well. Because if you want the Lord to bless you, if you want to be called a child of God, if you, if you want to truly live a life according to God's plan and God's purpose, you need to obey him. You need to obey him. The obedience that the Israelites had in Exodus 19 literally set the stage for how the rest of the chapter or the rest of the book was going to unfold. I'll tell you what, there are moments, even in Exodus and all throughout, they, they failed to obey God. There's going to be times when you fail. You need to trust that if you would just choose to obey, God will bless you. He'll call you his own. Thank you for listening. Lake Erie Church is a multicultural Pentecostal church located in Perry, Ohio, about 30 minutes east of Cleveland. We would love to have you for a visit sometime. For more information or to connect with our team, please visit lakeeriechurch.com.